Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 44, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And our guest today is another returning guest, Gary Swaby, writer and co-owner of the Coalition video game website and podcast. Gary, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Uh, always a pleasure to be on, on this podcast. So. Yeah, you've been on a bunch of times now. I've, I've I've lost count, but I know you were with us on a gaming roundtable episode and when we discussed Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat and the manga inspiration, uh, All You Need Is Kill. Yeah, I think this might be like my fourth time on the show. So yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty good. We should have like a league Ho- table. Hopefully there'll be loads more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put like a league table of like appearances and... I don't know. I don't That'd know why cool. we do that, but yeah. Maybe it should be <laughs> funny. Competition. <laughs> there you go. Healthy competition. Um, uh, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com or on social media at myamada on Twitter, at myamadatees on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. Let's get started with what is happening in a My Matter universe. And a uh, start. I'll start with a shout out to everyone who backed our latest Kickstarter campaign uh, for Serious Through the Fog. So we reached our goal as of October 5th. And yeah, we're now working on bringing the manga to print in December. So that means I am writing... And then we'll be doing the artwork with Penali, uh, going through that whole thing to get this new story out. Uh, yeah, some point in in December. So yeah, thank you for everyone who who backed that, um, who put like uh, real money down to to make it a reality. Uh, I think you can. So if you're listening to this and you're a backer, we'll be putting updates uh, as we go through the process when we have artwork to show that kind of thing. So we'll keep the show notes. Uh, we'll keep the link in the show notes so you can check that out. But then also we'll be, you know, sharing things on social media and our newsletter. So also, yeah, follow us on social media uh, and or subscribe to our newsletter for more on that. In the gaming side of things, we have had uh, a week of streams. Um, we've had like, yeah, we've got a bunch of streams uh, that we've done, obviously following on from the Gamepad event in September um and then having bonus streams and stuff that we have scheduled so animal crossing and uh cosplay stream we have an interview with michael smith who we talked to on our panel on video games and well-being um but he just had like so much knowledge and stuff so we thought let's speak to him again and dig a bit deeper into the neuroscience behind video games so that will be on Twitch and then also we'll put a an edit of that discussion on our YouTube at some point in probably November. Yes, let's say early November. So <laughs> I give myself time to actually edit that. Uh, and then we'll have the audio on um, through the podcast as well. So there'll be multiple ways to get that discussion if you don't, uh, if you're not able to catch it live. Uh, and then speaking of 
recorded stuff. We have our interviews from Gamepad Online that are going up on our YouTube this week, uh, including our interview, the full interview with the art director of Candy Crush Friends Saga, uh, Rena McKeith. So we had a good conversation with her. We played that, like a, an edit of that as part of the live stream, but the full interview will be going up on our live uh, on our youtube uh, page along with all the other interviews um that we're doing so yeah check out our youtube because everything will have like will set as premiere so you can just see when it's being uh, broadcast and then catch it from there so yeah we've got a lot of content coming your way between now and the end of the year uh, so yeah we'll have more to say on that but for now just check out our youtube and look out for a new manga story from the my matter universe now let's find out what stories people have been enjoying this week yeah so this is the part where we have a spoiler free discussion about the stories we've all been reading watching or playing so we will start with our guest gary okay yeah so um a few things really um so First of all, um, I've recently read volume three of um, Vagabond, which is um, a series that kind of follows the journey of uh, uh, Miyamoto Musashi, who's like a, a famous uh, samurai from Japanese history. Um, and it just kind of, you know, it shows you like the growth that he goes through in, in terms of wanting to be a better swordsman and, you know, all of these little life lessons that he learns um as he kind of gets better at being a swordsman um and yeah that that's it's really like it's what i love about anime and japanese storytelling in general it's like they give you so many like real uh real life nuggets like in the story storytelling so even though like the story itself is is very basic it's just hitting you with a lot of like different life lessons along the way. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that so far. And I also just watched Bad Boys for Life, which is uh, the third in the Bad Boys series with uh, Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence. Um, and I kind of went into it with low expectations because I didn't think that they were going to be able to top the first two films. Um, and I was quite right because it's <laughs> overall, it just kind of seemed a bit like force, like, like even the, the humor and everything, like it was just very forced. Um, it, it wasn't organic. It didn't feel like it did the first two times around. Um, and I think part of it as well is like them kind of getting older and, you know, um, and they kind of went for more of like a, uh, you know, where we're past our prime kind of approach. They didn't really um, highlight that <laughs> as a central theme of, of that story. Yeah. What did you say they did or they didn't? No, they did. Because that was the whole point. Like, um, yeah, it's like, you know, we're retired, we're too old. And like, no, I'm pulling you back in for one more. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was pretty much like that. Um, and they had a, like a whole team of people. It wasn't just like those two, whereas like the first two movies were very focused on those two and like their friendship and their bond kind of thing but this one was like um you know they had like a younger generation i guess i don't want to spoil anything but yeah it's like it's very much like passing the torch to you know younger people and and 
while that is a good thing in itself, I just feel like uh, it wasn't done. It could have been done a lot better. Like it could have been a lot more fruitful. But yeah, it just kind of fell flat for me. So, so you've seen it, right, Nigel? Yeah, yeah, I saw it in in the cinema. I took like a, uh, I'm sure I, I saw it like during the day. I just went for like a break and saw it. Um, I I I don't disagree, but I enjoyed. It. I think my expectations were at the at the right level going in, um, and and it's a bit weird because, like you say, they're because they're kind of older. I don't I don't like to use that against people because i am also getting older and i don't want that yeah i know so like i don't i don't want to go straight to that uh and i'm i'm a fan of will smith not um but i'm a fan who recognizes that <laughs> not everything he has done has been of uh, any kind of quality uh some of the stuff has just been uh, terrible but i'm still uh for some reason a fan of will smith uh so i like seeing will smith and martin lawrence uh together like on screen and that's kind of the main thing i i took from that uh i think the film itself was fine it yeah it's it's, it's fine you could argue whether it needed to exist but yeah it's fine not as good as the 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 first two um so i guess it depends how much you want to see will smith and martin lawrence together having some kind of banter if you're not that fast then yeah the same <laughs> the same film for you because there's not much else uh than that but I think with expectations set at the right level, you can enjoy it. And, and I don't want to say it's a completely bad film and like people shouldn't watch it or anything. Like it's it's definitely entertaining. It's just yeah, it's you definitely know, not I, a bad film. Like all the, the the pieces are there for the most part. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like a fun one to just watch on the couch and just yeah. You just need like a nice evening. I'm gonna put that on the list. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. And like, you know, not every film needs to be sort of Christopher Nolan like pushing for Oscars. You could just like enjoy, uh, enjoy a story. Yeah. And there is a one more thing as well that I I've been watching lately that I didn't put on the list, but just real quick, I just want to uh, highlight it. Um, so I actually I've been like watching Cowboy Bebop um, in in full because like oh cool. When, when it was on TV, like back in the late nineties, I never kind of like fully took it in. Like I would, I would watch pieces of it here and there, but like I never kind of watched it in full. So yeah, I've been, it's not um, a story you can watch like in pieces. You have to watch the whole thing through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. So like watching that now is like you know a grown man and everything. Um, I take a lot out of it, um, and. For one thing, it's because, you know, I'm kind of writing in that genre at the moment. Like, I'm writing, like, a, a space opera where, like, a team of people are traveling together and, and stuff like that and getting into different adventures. So it's kind of similar. So I'm taking a lot from it in terms of that. But also, I just like that, um, you know, it's like a it's a very kind of mature anime um, about older people, people who have, like, you know, kind of got on in life, like they've already been through things and they're just kind of like now coming together and experiencing new things together. Um, and, you know, just kind of carrying that on with them in their the kind of new journey that they're on. And just like I said before with uh, Vagabond, like I, I just like that style of storytelling where it's like, you know, the, the stories themselves in each episode, they can be quite simple in terms of like the story beats but 
they um they delve into like so many kind of emotional things like they touch on so many emotions that it's just it's a very thematic anime as well like it, it can be I, don't know, I guess you can look at it and say it's like slow because it's not like action 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 it's like it, it's thoughtful for sure i did also start watching a like watching it all through when it was on netflix and then they took it off and i like there's zero idea where i got to <laughs> it was really annoying <laughs> yeah i did that well um because I, I think i watched it when it was on netflix so i got to see it all but i started um um, my favorite anime series or one of definitely one of um samurai shampoo and oh, yeah. uh so i started re-watching it and then they took it off netflix uh, and now they've put it back on but i don't know where i got to i don't think it saved my original position or did i even check uh, okay that's mental note for later i need to go and check that but yeah uh annoying when uh when they do that yeah that that's one of my favorite samurai shampoo and and it's by the same people i think as well as cowboy I've not seen that. I like. I came to a realization the other day of like, huh? I really want to see like. I've watched a lot of anime. That's the kind of the same anime that I've been watching my entire anime life, <laughs> and it's normally based on like teenagers doing teenage stuff in schools, or they're at least that age. And I'm like, I think it's after I watched it, watched um, Agresco, and I was like, huh? Like. I'd love to watch the kind of animes like Slice of Life and like even some like the more actiony stuff, but they're just based around school kids. Like I like that stuff, but I'd love it if it's just in an adult setting with adults. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like a mix. Like I was like, yeah, you could just have the same. It could literally follow the same kind of format, but instead of a school, it's an office (laughs) or like you know a workplace or a bar. Anyway. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, <laughs> I have been watching, well, I say I've been watching, I literally, literally just started, as of yesterday, uh, ReZero. Uh, I'm two episodes in. I won't get into, I would have watched more. I won't get into the reason why I haven't watched more, because that's a whole rant. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and I love that kind of stuff. I love the like idea of being transported into like a different world especially when that world's fantasy and I love anything that's like got that like video game element to it so yeah anything where you know you're kind of in a video game but with high stakes I love so quite like it uh the two episodes I've watched and I'm looking forward to like going through um and obviously I really really loved live die repeat slash all you need is kill both of those and it kind of uses the time hop thing in it uh, so yeah, it's right up my alley and I've been meaning to watch it for ages and I'm watching it because my friend was like, uh, have you watched this? And we're the only two in our group that watch anime. I was like, no. I was like, I'm going to watch it so we can talk about it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll check in with that like once I've sort of finished season one. Uh, and then I've been playing Genshin Impact, which I'm enjoying a lot. I'm enjoying all the characters and the story so far for that. And like, um, if you haven't heard of Genshin Impact by now, like, I don't know what you're doing because it has literally been everywhere. <laughs> and um, I originally thought it was just on mobile and then I found out it was also on PC. I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to play it then. And I've been playing, like, jumping between playing it on PC and mobile and it lives up really well. Yeah, and it's a really impressive for a free-to-play game. I don't feel like 
I've not reached a point where I'm like, oh, I need to put money into this to be able to enjoy it. We'll see if that changes later down later on down the line. But yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. I really, really like the story and the characters. And so, quick question about that. Um, I, I actually have it installed. I just haven't played it yet. But um, mm-hmm. I've been hearing um a lot of comparisons to Breath of the Wild, Zelda. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like there's certain things where you're like, it feels very Breath of the Wild. Some of like the mechanics and stuff are like, am I playing Breath of the Wild? Uh, but then it's like better in terms of, no, it's like better is not the right word. Like inspired by. So I think there's certainly yeah, yeah. inspiration from it. And I'm pretty sure I, I, I think it was going to, in fact, I read like an interview and they were like, yeah, we did take like a lot of inspiration. Like we love Breath of the Wild. We did take some inspiration from that. Is it mainly like gameplay um, where it's similar or? Yeah, yeah. It's mainly gameplay where it's similar. It's like big open world, but then there's more like you've got a glider. And so that's kind of like how the glider works is very similar to Breath of the Wild. How climbing and your stamina works is very Breath of the Wild. There's cooking that is like Breath of the Wild cooking, but fixed because <laughs> you don't have to sit there and wait for the whole cooking animation. Like it's a lot quicker. Uh, <laughs> I like that cooking animation. I do, but like when you're trying to cook a load of stuff, you're like, yeah, yeah. I don't need the cooking animation and you can't like mass cook stuff. And you don't like your weapons, don't you? You can't rush. You can't rush a good meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but half my meals would turn out bad. <laughs> yes, good point. Actually. Yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, like there is definitely a lot of like Breath of the Wild kind of influence, and it's nice like that. But it's a different game. It's it's like Breath of the Wild, and like I don't know. I'm trying to think of an RPG, like a very kind of I like like Final Fantasy or something like that aesthetic. Yeah, like it's it is and it isn't. There are moments where you're like feel like you're playing Breath of the Wild, and then there's moments where you feel like you're not. <laughs> like sometimes I feel like I'm playing an MMO, but it's multiplayer, but it's not an MMO in just terms of like some of the things that you have to do, not have to do, but they're in it. Like there's a there's a it's not a guild, but an adventurer's guild and some other guild and you go in and you do dailies uh and you've got like a little notebook that you can go through and uh, get stuff done and get stuff <laughs> i know it's very description but like rewards and things that you can get from doing these tasks and so yeah but it's really nice i do wish it was like a full mmo but then would i be able to play it on my mobile if it was i don't know uh, <laughs> it makes me want to play an MMO so badly. Yeah, see, see the thing is, uh, I've actually recently I've been playing an MMO, Fantasy Star Online. Oh and, yeah, uh, and like all of like I have a guild on there that I'm with, and like all of the people in my guild have just started playing Genshin Impact, and like yeah. they're, they're, it's to the point now they're talking about it in the game. So it's like, okay, I really have to play this now because it seems yeah. like everyone's attention is kind of shifting to to this kind of thing so it's it's worth playing it is it's like a really like it's oh, and it's just, oh i love the characters so much there's one character she's adorable just like everyone loves her 
but it's just uh yeah they're like really interesting characters you meet and um i'm still really early on it but it's like a really easy game to just pick up and play like that's one of the good things about it like like i said i've got a pc and mobile and i just like jump between the two and it like instantly it just loads you right where you was it's like i've had pre i've experienced pretty quick load up times and yeah it's just like it's nice it's nice i like to sit there play in bed for a bit like just sit on the sofa play it for a bit like following the story um but yes yeah, it's, it's worth it i did i did go to start fantasy star online but i did it i got to like uh character creation i played a little bit of like the tutorial and i was like stopped <laughs> it's a very overwhelming game like there's a lot to learn like with how yeah. it works and stuff oh that makes me want to not play it more i know <laughs> Mainly because the like first bit of the tutorial is like such like baby steps, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I've played video games before. Like, I don't want to go through how to jump and how to run and how to shoot. I get it. Like, just throw me straight into the game and teach me on the way. <laughs> like, I hate that. I hate being babied. Uh, it's one of those games where it's like you get babied right up until the level cap, which which was previously level eighty. And then, like, when you reach that point, that's when the game really begins, kind of. Like, that's when, like, the good stuff really starts to happen. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's, like, baby steps for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, difficult out of nowhere kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't stand it when games do that. I haven't got, I'm not playing the game for that long. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be enjoying it within, like, the first, like, hour at the longest. That's as much time as I can give to a game. It's really upsetting though, because the character creation on that game is amazing. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like really good stuff in there. Two yeah. hours character creating, and I'm like, I don't like the game. <laughs> but yeah, enough about <laughs> video games. Uh, Nigel, what have you been uh, consuming at the moment? Uh, so I have been reading stuff. Um, I've been watching stuff, but I'll let that sit for a future episode. Um, so I've been reading comics because that's something I haven't been doing uh, for many, a few months, I think, actually. At least, at least eight months. I, I, time, I forget how time works now. But uh, So I'm reading uh, Death or Glory, which is a series um, from Image Comics uh, because I noticed that the volume two came out so i was like okay i read volume one really like that let me reread volume one pick up volume two and start that uh so it's by uh writer rick remender who's done like a bunch of stuff uh specifically i'm a fan of his series black science and in particular deadly class uh which is one of my favorites uh, and also had a series uh, on some network i didn't actually watch but uh really like the comic so uh so yeah death or glory is it kind of centers around this uh female protagonist glory and she's kind of so the whole situation is like there she's been raised uh among this like convoy of truckers basically off the grid so her her father and her mother uh, just like taking her off the grid and there's a big point made about that in the story how you know they're not in society uh, but her father needs a i think it's a liver transplant some kind of he's having some kind of organ failure uh, and because they're not in the system uh, it's all set in america as well because they're not in the system 
there's no way to for the system to then help her father when he needs life-saving surgery so she goes the the other route and uh yeah pulls off some heists um <laughs> uh, on some uh mobster type characters and crooked cop type characters uh, and her ex-husband who is a in the sort of mob character category uh so she actually pulls his heist off um to get the money to pay for the organ and surgery that her dad needs and that's what the story is about um and yeah it's a really it's yeah it's really good and it's really um I'm trying to think what the word is because uh, like the the action of this of the story is good the characters uh like the artwork uh by artist called bengal um is really good but i like the almost like i guess the theme is maybe the word i'm searching for so it's kind of like these people who live off the grid but it's like how far will you go to keep that life and how far is this character glory willing to go to save her dad if she gets into like some really uh tricky situations and meets some interesting characters along the way and interesting thing they've done with this story is actually i won't that's not quite spoilers but it goes a bit further into the comic but yeah it's just an interesting situation it, it ties uh to the situation her father is in uh, and i like the overall theme of these characters particularly this character glory who yeah is just like pushed beyond her limit to save like the the people she cares about and what the repercussions of that um are um so yeah i recommend uh recommend that for people who haven't uh who haven't read it and yeah it's good to actually read some comics um <laughs> because yeah this year has like just been thrown off and one of the things that kind of went is like just being able to just sit and just catch up on uh on comics so have enjoyed that have also enjoyed ready player one which <laughs> um so i started reading and this is uh if so if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't heard our episode on Ready Player One, uh, the film adaptation, uh, go and listen to that because Tazzy has some amazing rants <laughs> in that. Um, so how, I how start? In advance if you have Yeah, no need to to apologize, but you have been warned um, <laughs> for people. Um, so I started reading the book before the podcast because I wanted to sort of read it and finish it, uh, and that just didn't happen. And I still haven't finished it, but I've got further into it <laughs> and i will say i the uh tazzy's rants take on uh, a new uh clarity and meaning and validity <laughs> um, <laughs> as i read more of this so basically what's happened is so i'm reading the book and reading the book uh makes me annoyed at the film more and but then watching the watching the film i think has improved my enjoyment of the book Mm. yeah I, maybe it's just because i've i've got like visuals or i've got maybe stronger visuals for moments in the book or uh, it's probably also it's that but also i because like you said the the film like strips out so much even i'm not like super far into it but i can just see it just the film is just stripped out so much of it and just having that detail and that context and that I guess like nuance in the book. I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I'm getting more of a story <laughs> from uh, from this uh, from this book than I did with the with the film. 
So I'm really appreciating that. So that's why, yeah, that's why the book is making me sort of annoyed at the film more. <laughs> um, but the film, yeah, has has improved. Oh, I feel like it's improving my own enjoyment of the book. Oh, that's good. I've actually uh, read the book, but um, I'm curious to know what Tazzy's uh, rant was about the movie. <laughs> What was it about? <laughs> That's the question you need to be asking. Yeah, like I could have gone on and on and on. I'd be like, I really am looking forward to finishing the book. And I'd be so up for doing a just about the book episode where we don't mention the film and act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could uh we could do that. So yeah, but I, I think like what Tazzy was essentially saying is just like I said, it the the film just strips out just everything the book and and leaves you with something very shallow um okay but uh so yeah so i will update uh once i finish that and then yeah we can have that discussion which i, I imagine will be a more uh enjoyable one <laughs> for uh yeah, yeah, like, for Tazzy. That, that's one of the reasons i i um i haven't seen the movie because um i had a feeling like it just wouldn't be the same as the book mm. um, and like they they probably would strip away a lot of stuff Oh yeah, they basically they just they strip away the book. Just put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's always a, an element of taking away, and I guess it's the balance. And I, I yeah, I, I get the impression the they have taken away too much. Yeah, um, I just want to ask one thing about Ready Player One and the book uh, compared to the film. Would you say the book gives you more of a like video game adventure feel than the movie did so far? Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm being, like I said, I'm, I'm still relatively early. I feel I'm being prepared for an adventure to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I definitely get that, uh, impression from reading the book. I'm, it's like, it's really laying sort of the groundwork for like some, yeah, some stuff that's about to happen that I sort of know the general gist of, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting that more from the book. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's move on swiftly cool. before okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. but yeah uh, catch up on that uh, episode uh for uh for the details uh, and everything that tazzy is holding back from right now uh on to our main discussion and today we're going to be talking about rogue one a star wars story um and what is the first standalone film from the star wars franchise uh, so I, I'm, I can't remember the exact timeline, but I imagine this came after Disney's acquisition of LucasArts and uh, marks the first point where Disney was like, right, we are milking this universe for as much as we as we can. I'm pretty sure that's that's what happened. Um, so it's uh, directed by Gareth Edwards and stars Felicity Jones. And a spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about all aspects of this film or as much as we can fit into this podcast. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, we're about to get into spoiler territory. Uh, and also, uh, let me just say up top, uh, so I, I don't, I'm not sure if any of us like so super deep into the Star Wars lore and all that. So uh, if you are easily triggered by listening to people who aren't, uh, this might not be the episode for you. Um, we just We just watched the film. <laughs> And we're going to comment on it. Uh, I don't know why I feel the need to to say that, to warn people, but I know people can get quite precious over Star Wars. Um, so yeah, just you have been warned. Um, so I'm going to do a recap of the story. Uh, but before I do that, I want to get people's quick overall impressions 
of it. Uh, so, Gary, uh, what did you think of this story? Yeah, I, I thought um, it's definitely, it, it might actually be the best Star Wars uh, movie that Disney has done, um, you know, since the franchise went over to Disney. Um, I think this is definitely one of the strongest. Um, it told a very, you know, self-contained story, uh, which kind of, you know, led, leads into A New Hope. And yeah, I, I think it was very strong. Uh, did a good job, like with the characters and everything, and tying everything in. Um, mm. And yeah, lots of good action as well. Lots of good effects. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Cool, Tazzy. What do you think? I feel like this film. You even need to know nothing about Star Wars, or like a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> because <laughs> i like it is a self-contained movie and i feel like you could watch it without knowing anything about star wars and kind of just enjoy the ride but because i just know just enough i'm like wait what why and i'm asking all these questions and i'm i'm like it made me just feel a bit deflated ah. because i don't know enough or don't remember enough and i like it's something to like oh has this got anything to like you know when something you feel like something's linked to something you can't remember why it's linked that's what i felt through this film i was like i feel like there's something here <laughs> but i don't know enough about star wars to know why it's like the significance that. of certain moments yeah so, uh, okay and then so i felt like that kind of spoiled me because i was c- continuously trying to think about what the link was rather than just like enjoying it and I don't know enough to think about what the links are. Like, I don't remember enough. I like, normally I watch Star Wars and I'm like, yay, lightsabers and robots. <laughs> like, that is like my, I mean, I follow the story, but like my, my big enjoyment of Star Wars is massively like just the way they portray things. And I was like, I honestly barely even care. <laughs> most of the time i'm just like really happy to see like r2d2 and stuff um (laughs) like i just get a very strong attachment to droids and baby yodas now um (laughs) and um yeah so for me like i was it was good but yeah i kind of wish i knew either a lot more or a lot less about star wars so that i could not have like that nagging of like oh i should know stuff yeah yeah i feel like i I knew not enough so I can enjoy this. <laughs> enjoy this um, so it's weird because I, so I've seen it twice now. Uh, I rewatched it just before uh, this recording. And because I, I watched it at a cinema at the time. And then for whatever reason, I forgot about it. Like I, I knew I watched it, but I just like, I just forgot. And I just like the, the trilogy, the new trilogy took over. Uh, and then I'm going back to watch, I'm like, actually, I, quite enjoy this i think it might be like i think i agree with gary like it might be the in some ways it's probably the best in terms of um yeah i feel like it just it 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 told a story it came told a story well and then left and whereas there are some issues with probably each <laughs> each of the sort of new trilogy as is as various issues i feel um, like this being its own standalone thing uh, even though it does obviously tie into a new hope, but it's pretty self-contained. You could just enjoy it without maybe some of the the baggage that 
was around the new trilogy um so yeah i i was like oh okay i'll yeah i quite like this this is my it's definitely one of my favorite star wars and um yeah i feel like uh, i feel pretty good about it uh i don't know why i'm surprised by that but yeah there you go <laughs> um i think i'm just surprised that i i just forgot about it like i just genuinely like oh right i didn't remember this happened because it came out pretty close to force awakens i think maybe mm-hmm. i just merged those in my mind uh i don't know but yeah we're like gonna, yeah <laughs> so but we're definitely talking about rogue one so yeah we'll pick pick that apart but uh all right let me get into a recap and then we'll uh do the actual picking apart of this uh story uh, so, the story starts with Galen Erso, a research scientist hiding from the Empire with his family. Imperial weapons developer Orson Krennic arrives to push him into completing the Death Star. Galen's wife Lyra is killed in the confrontation while their daughter Jin escapes and is rescued by rebel extremist Saw Gerrera. Fifteen years later, cargo pilot Brody Rook defects from the Empire, taking a holographic message recorded by Galen to Guerrera on the desert moon Jeddah. Rebel officer Cassian Andor learns of the Death Star from an informant and frees Jin from an Imperial labor camp. Rebel forces convince Jin to find and rescue Galen so the Alliance can learn more about the Death Star. However, Cassian is covertly ordered to kill Galen on sight. Jin, Cassian, and reprogrammed Imperial droid K2SO travel to Jeddah where Guerrera and his forces are engaged in conflict with the Empire. With the aid of a blind spiritual warrior, Chirut Imwe, Jin makes contact with Guerrera who has been holding Brody captive. Jin shows her message in which Galen reveals he has secretly built a vulnerability into the Death Star and calls on them to retrieve the schematics. Meanwhile, on the Death Star, Krennic orders a low-powered test shot which destroys Jeddah's capital. Jin and her group flee the moon, but Guerrera remains and dies. Brody leads the group to Galen's Imperial Research Facility on the planet Edu, where Cassian defies orders when he chooses not to kill Galen. Rebel bombers attack the facility and Galen is mortally wounded, dying in his daughter's arms, before the group escapes on an Imperial shuttle. A now committed Jin proposes a plan to steal the Death Star schematics using the Rebel fleet, but her plan is rejected by the Alliance Council. Undeterred, Jin's group leads a small squad of Rebels to raid the Death Star for the schematics. Jin and Cassian enter the base in disguise with K2SO, while the other Rebels attack as a diversion. This causes the Rebel fleet to finally deploy their support. K2SO sacrifices himself so Jin and Cassian can retrieve the data. Chirut is killed after activating the master switch to allow communication with the rebel fleet. Bodhi is killed by a grenade after communicating with the rebel fleet. Jin and Cassian obtain the schematics but are ambushed by Krennic, who is eventually shot and wounded by Cassian. Jin transmits the schematics to the rebel command ship just before the Death Star sends another shot to destroy the base, killing Krennic. Cassian and Jin, along with pretty much everyone else. The Rebel fleet prepares to jump into hyperspace, but not before Darth Vader arrives on the ship, killing Rebel troops while trying to regain the schematics. A small starship escapes with the plans, and Princess Leia declares they will provide hope for the Rebellion. The end. 
one thing just to mention kind of uh, off the top as i was watching this and seeing everyone like pull together i was like oh it's quite nice to see like you know sort of diverse group of people actually working together uh, against the threat like you know no one was questioning whether the empire really existed or you know whether the empire is a hoax uh just a small thing it was nice to see i forgot what that looks like um anyway so uh one of the things that i kind of was struck into tazzy's point about how much you need to know how much of star wars you need to know to enjoy this because this was this is something where it's like the balance between fan service and creating something original and at least i so like i said i i enjoyed it and i wasn't too bogged down by that so i felt that this struck a balance between giving you a story that you could watch without yeah without knowing too much because in the sort of chronological order uh it kind of fits just before the original sort of trilogy in 1977 uh before new hope but you didn't need to know all that so yeah how i mean we know what what tazzy's thoughts are like gary how do you feel like the balance between sort of the fan service of like bringing the all the star wars lore versus creating something new here how do you think that balance has been struck with this film i think it was um done very well to be honest um and i think that's something that makes it such a strong film as well because it's like you really you don't need to know a lot of you know um the significant details of star wars to kind of enjoy this movie like it's just the 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 story is like so just fundamental it's like you know um they need to stop you know they need to find a way to stop this death star thing you know um they they want to sabotage it basically that's all you need to know and that and that's what they're working towards and then of course within that you have you know um the storyline with Jin and her father and everything else around that you know so i think it, it it was really good i think it was done well they introduced some some pretty cool characters to us and they gave us you know um a mission to to watch play out and everything and they tied it all together and by the end it was kind of all wrapped up and it kind of if you don't know anything about star wars i feel like the way it ends might make you want to go back and watch a new hope just to see you know what happens next at, at that point but you know um if you do like if you are very much into star wars i think it gave you enough uh because there are some very like subtle things that um that will be pleasing to the hardcore you know star wars people out there um i think they'll they'll pick up on a lot of connections uh within this you know with some of the characters and stuff but um if you're not looking for that stuff then it, it doesn't kind of affect the story in any way if you don't know those ties so so yeah, there I, were some things that i i just i just missed um and then when i was like watching like recaps and uh, analysis of there was some things that were pointed out. I was like, I had no idea. Like <laughs> that just meant nothing to me. Um, but like you say, it didn't impact on on the story, which I enjoyed. So yeah, I, I felt they, I felt they got it right. I feel like that's where I'm lost because I've got so many friends that are like massive Star Wars fans, and I'm just there like, oh, and I feel like I'm looking for it, and I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, you know, like trying to, and it's like, oh. so I feel like I'm like I don't think it's anything to do with the film, like. It's more of like a personal 
going into it. <laughs> no, I, like, I get what you're saying. Things like pressures and I don't know, a bit of FOMO in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are there, like the the and just the nature of this film as well, which is, I feel obviously it was made, you know, I mean, like I say, with Disney wanting to sort of create more stories and um, and experiences from this universe, but also to answer. I guess the question that's been there from the original trilogy is like, why was this big step Death Star so uh, easy uh, to destroy? I guess, yeah, they're just filling in that uh, that blank. So yeah, I guess I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I think I do like the idea of telling other stories in this universe that aren't necessarily tied to the main sort of line and, and the, the main trilogies. Uh, mm. I feel like maybe there's a, I don't know, it feels like there's almost like a pressure and then there's more eyes on on that and more, because uh, you have so many fans and so, many, so much expectation of what should be allowed to be done in the Star Wars universe. Maybe some of these other stories can sort of breathe a bit and just explore, because we've got a whole cast of new characters and we can explore some of those relationships. Um some other things that don't involve like lightsabers, but uh, are talking about the force as one of the characters makes uh, many points about. So yeah, I quite, I like this approach. Um, I'd be interested to see how they deal with other stories in the universe. Definitely. And I think um, there's a comment that uh, we made uh, when we was watching the Mandalorian, which is like, huh, it must be really weird to be like a, just a regular human being or like humanoid type being uh, <laughs> with like no force, no weapons, no armor. And you're just like living in this universe. Like, <laughs> and um, yeah, just just the idea, like, you know, there's so much. This This is like literally space. The, the possibilities are endless of the stories, right? And it's cool to see kind of like the effect of like the Netflix Marvel shows where the events of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are sort of like commented on, uh, you know, like mentioned like the green, big green guy or something like that without it being like really that relevant. It's just kind of like a, a nod to it. And I feel like, you know, it's cool that we can have more stories like this. Uh, that are self-contained even though this kind of is relevant to the main story it's still self-contained and still you know the idea of like hope i think they mentioned hope like i don't know how many times a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the force you're like okay yeah like it really links it to everything you know yeah like it's in that universe but yeah it's not yeah it, it, it's going its own uh direction um but i did want to sort of take a moment to consider and i guess particularly for uh gary because you're uh, a writer and and just from your perspective on like the idea of fan service and what's the line because i i do hear that in a critical way like oh this is just fan service and but it's not all bad like not all quote-unquote fan service is bad because you know if especially if you're existing within a a universe um, you've got other stories you it's not a bad thing to nod towards those things especially if it sort of ties together and services the uh the plot and the story you're trying to tell now but like where do you think is the line between like sort of i don't know good fan service and bad fan service um so what i'd say on that is like um 
if you like say you have a movie like this that's set in such a big universe that's known for you know the Darth Vader's and Luke Skywalker's and, and stuff like that like if you then go and make a movie like this and it's like you're um all the way through you're just kind of hinting at those other characters and occurrences and things like that to the point that you have to actually know those other stories to understand this one um i think that's when it's too much fan service at that point um and and an example of this that i would give is um is a video game actually uh it's called uh, metal gear solid 4 so you know the rest of the series like metal gear solid is is like so amazing and impactful like one through three is like so amazing and i i actually do enjoy metal gear solid 4 but i feel like the problem with that game is that you you can't play that game as an outsider and understand what is going on because it's just so much fan service to you know just because it kind of wraps up solid snake's story and stuff so if you if you haven't played any of the other games, you're just not gonna know what's going on because there's just so much references and stuff. Um, whereas with like Metal Gear Solid Two or Metal Gear Solid Three, you could play those games and not know anything beforehand and still enjoy the story that it tells. So I think you know that's that's the line right there. You 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 have to you have to make it um, easy for a newcomer to kind of come into and get like a full story out of it and then perhaps at the end be curious enough to to check out all the other material and you know like we were saying before um i think it just has to be like a good self-contained story within itself um and it could it can have some fan service for the people who have been loyal to to uh the material and who know you know all the other characters and stuff around the universe um, just, just you know, just as like a bonus for them um, being so committed to the series, you know, it's good to have some little tidbits of fan service throughout. But anything beyond that, where where it starts to affect the story, is too much. That's where like the line is. I think. No, I get that, and yeah, I'd, I'd agree because, like I said, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing in itself to refer to sort of other stories that have been told uh in some way but yeah there's a line where it then gets in the way of of the plot and then you're now sort of just focused on the next reference or um whatever it might be and you're not focused on the actual story that's being told there and then so yeah no i get that and uh another thing i wanted to point out in this uh in the start of this story i noticed uh you know there's a thing of star wars to go through the the, the massive text crawl like just basically is a big expedition exposition dump where as this didn't do that i'm not sure if many star wars stories like don't do that uh, i can't recall another one that hasn't done that where i noticed this one just went straight into it's sort of like you know a long time ago and then straight into showing you like uh Jin's past and her father and the uh the conflict between her father and um orson krennic and where she kind of where her place starts in the story uh, and i i much prefer that versus a big line of text i know it's like a like a staple in in, in star wars uh, trilogies but i just much prefer to show me what this is because then i feel more for the character and i felt that's probably what got me on a 
good uh, footing with this film is that I felt like I understood uh, what the character has been through. Uh, and there was like that instant empathy for a situation that kind of carried through the rest of the film, even though I had some issues, which we'll kind of talk about. I've never been able to fully read the text at the beginning of Star Wars anyway. So It comes at a weird angle as well. That doesn't help. <laughs> like, I can't read stuff while I'm watching. Like, I'm dyslexic, so it takes me quite a while to read stuff. Like, so I've never read it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I go. cry in and then I like buy the, I don't know, a long, long time ago. And then I'm kind of can't keep up from there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like it's a wasted on me. I feel like I've gone into this is the one that I... Like, I actually had to, because I was doing stuff while I was watching it as well, I had to, like, rewind, because I was like, did I miss it? Because <laughs> I was going to pause it and actually read it, because I could do that, because I'm watching it at home. But, um, yeah, like, so I'm like, yeah, no, I appreciate it, because we don't, we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird um... angle, it's a weird font, it's too fast, I can't, it's too much, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like there's a voiceover for it. It's literally you've got to try and read it. And I, I'm still to this day, don't know what any of them say. Yeah, and I imagine there's a lot of people for whatever reason just, yeah, just miss it um, or, yeah, just can't read it. And, yeah, just just show me what <laughs> what's important in terms of these characters' relationships. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And like I said, there was um, this is a, a standalone-ish film which gives the opportunity to sort of explore new characters and we've got a whole bunch of new characters. So uh, I don't know if, if any kind of stood out. I will say, uh, I, I'm going to talk more about uh, Jin and her character development. I did like her as a character. Um, I also liked uh, K2SO, who, yeah, I felt like there's, you know, Star Wars film has a tradition of, of good droid characters. Uh, and I feel like he had this like sort of dry comic wit that, uh, the actor got across really well, um, but yeah, did any like characters stand out for people? I kind, I, I really liked, you know, Jin and um, uh, how do you say his name? Uh, is it Chirut? Chirut? I think yeah, Chiru, yeah. Chiru, Chiru, Chiru. Yeah, I, I like um, mysterious kind of characters like that, and of course, you know, he was uh, referencing the Force, which is. A really big thing you know in in the universe um and he wasn't actually like a, a jedi or anything but just the fact that you know he was kind of like conscious of it throughout i, I kind of liked that you know that edge to the character and everything and the fact that he's blind as well and so in tune with his senses and everything so yeah i, I really liked that character um the saw character i was very like curious about like i feel like he wasn't in the movie enough so like I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, I, like, mm. I didn't have time to kind of like understand the character, I feel like. Which is weird because he was, I felt like he was built up, like the character of Saul was built up so much, but we didn't really see him that much. I feel that as well. It felt like there was a, supposed to be a scene there that got cut and, uh, <laughs> and it just kind of like, did, yeah, it didn't happen. It was like building up and I thought, yeah. So I will say just to that point, because as I was putting together these notes, um, I was reading that apparently this went through many uh, like rewrites and reshoots. And uh, I, don't, I don't even think I was aware of this at the time, but there was there were scenes in the trailer that weren't in the final edit of the film. 
um sort of one that stuck out to me was that uh the way that at the end the way Jin sort of retrieves the data and then uh transmits it is a, from a reshoot because in the trailer there was a completely different scenario around that so and i feel there, there were points in this film where it did feel like things were cut and maybe there were some some scenes of saw uh where we saw more of him that were cut and we just got what we got um which felt kind of yeah in a, underwhelming in a way just because like i say he was he was really built up but just didn't really see that much of him um i, I will say for um uh Chirut, uh, who's played by Donnie Yen. And I love, um, I don't know if like you guys do this as well, but just sometimes like an actor's reputation will precede them. So when they enter, like, you know what's going to happen. So when you see like Donnie Yen, you know, like what he, what this character is going to do. You know, there's going to be a, a like some kind of fight scene where he's going to take out a bunch of people uh, and you're going to enjoy that uh, so much. So I always like that kind of thing where you see the certain characters, you just know, okay, I know where the story's going. Um, that's a minor point, uh, nothing to do with Star Wars. But yeah, <laughs> I did uh, kind of expect a, a cool fight scene with with his character. Mm -hmm. So for me, my favorite character and will probably always be my favorite character. And no matter what like Star Wars film you I watch, it will always be the droid. <laughs> <laughs> I just love them and they always like I feel like Star Wars just does a great job of making like really funny cute in some ways uh droids they are really good at that and yeah uh I feel serviced <laughs> I did not mix them up okay I say, oh, oh he was just so funny and like in some ways sweet but also like the most sarcastic yeah I know I love that <laughs> And oh my god, there's just so much. Like I, I'd say, there's so many moments. But I feel like it's every moment that he's on screen, I laugh. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't waste any moment that he's on screen. Yeah, and I think there was one bit for me when uh, I was like, I was, every time I think of one bit, oh, there's another bit. But we'll just go with this one bit. Um, when they're in the, got the name of it, the city, uh, when they're going to find Saw. Oh, Jeddah. Yeah, and he's like walking with Jin and Cassian, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they're my prisoners." And then, oh, <laughs> and I was going to say that. Yeah, it's like I can do it. Like, just give me direction. I can do this. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, yeah, because they try and take the prisoners off him. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, I got this. <laughs> yeah, and, he goes, uh, and we'll like, I'll make sure you get your like wiring tracks or something. He's like. And like like a diagnostic, he's like, I don't need someone to <laughs> run a diagnostic. I can run a diagnostic on myself, thank you. And I'm like, oh my god, the sass level of this android, it's like <laughs> through the roof. Was that a bit where he uh, slaps Cassian? Yeah. Was that later? Yeah. Is that yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Apparently, that was improvised that moment. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. Yeah, and when I. Because I, I saw a breakdown of it. I'll, I'll find that and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It's good. If you're like interested in like sort of the, the deep storytelling aspect of it, it's like a really long uh, YouTube video that breaks some of this stuff down. But it pointed out that that scene was improvised. And when they showed it, you could see Cassian, the actor, uh, I forgot his name, but the actor, uh, almost break. Uh, you can kind of see like him about to laugh, but he just like, because he covers his face, it um, it doesn't come across so, so well. But I really like that moment. He's like, he just... But it puts backhand across his face. <laughs> it's like, 
so what did you both think about uh Jin as the main character uh Tazzy like how did you feel her her story was told for me I feel like I liked her progression but again it felt like that that like scenes were cut moment in the middle and I can totally see the reshoots and stuff here Uh, because there's so many points I was like did I miss something Mm. where it just kind of you know just didn't quite smoothly flow but yeah I feel like the point of her like her change from being like I don't care about the cause like yeah to now I'm leaving it to now like yeah now I'm like I there was like something was missed in the middle like I get her dad like just sacrificed his life to to make this but I feel like she was very adamant that it just caused her pain and technically it was the same thing that caused her pain I think she even comments on it and then she's suddenly like we need to lead our forces into this and you know your best your best rebels your best pilots should be on the attack yeah for me it just that that point just I feel like it was like instant I feel like there should have been a bit more give and take there but I mean other than that I thought I thought she was pretty cool pretty pretty badass like quite a driven character and like I do things my way not even my way but like I I do things that I want to do um and then I liked her effect on like and the exchange between her and Cassian there was definitely one uh moment um where it's just when they leave the uh, station that her dad died on, and she's like, "You were like you were going to kill him." And he's like, "Yep, I didn't. <laughs> that was just an order." And they have like this exchange, and I feel like that's when Cassian kind of takes a moment to realize, like, "Oh wait, yeah, I've just been following orders." Because Jin's like, "You're no different from a stormtrooper," and like, I feel like for both of them, that was like a moment of like seeing it from each other's eyes. And like recognizing the differences and lack of them as well, like each other's flaws. Almost. Yeah, the the reshoot thing was a shame because you kind of felt it uh, and it let some things down. And I feel like uh, Jin's character development was one of the things because I I liked her as a uh, as a character as a um, protagonist. Um, I like that she she just felt real i don't know it's because we weren't talking about you know the next jedi and and things that are just like a character in this world doing what she feels is the right way to survive based on what she's been through um and because you saw sort of what she's been through or at least a bit of it i i felt like there was empathy you were kind of with her i understood it but then you had yeah the sort of instant switch to um no i don't want to take part in this and she's a she even has a line where saw is saying that how can you live under imperial rule and um and she's like oh it helps if you don't look up something like that i feel like i butchered that that line um something you know it's like yeah something about looking up at imperial flags and he's like it you know it, it doesn't matter if you don't look up and you know that's like she does not care about this at all and almost instantly to go through from that to I'm now leading the, the rebel charge uh, against us and we have to do this. Uh, and it's, it's almost like there should have been a bit in the middle where you kind of maybe see her questioning herself and how she's acted. Because um, you, you sort of saw that with Cassian where he starts off as the guy that comes in, he learns about the information from the informant and then he shoots the informant because, you know, whatever, that's what, <laughs> that's what we got to do. 
Um, and then he's given the, the, the task, the covert task of just executing uh, Jin's father. And we kind of see him struggle with that and it's him struggle with the decision of that when he's being questioned by Jin later. And then he kind of sort of turns to then, oh, Jin's trying to lead this force. You know what? I'm going with him and we're going to go and do this together. And I felt he had a sort of a more natural, organic path, whereas Jin, her, her middle was missing. Yeah, and I think even for Cassian at the beginning when he does shoot the informant, there's like a look in his face, like he doesn't want to do it. Like you can already see that and that see that he's already questioning. Well, that's what I got anyway, like from that that moment. Because at, at that first scene, I was like so confused, like his intro scene. I was like, what, huh? And then he looked yeah. bad about it. Like, so I was like, huh? And then it, that only made sense later on in the film i was like oh it's because he he's like oh it's for the cause uh and i'm just following orders but like somewhere in his mind he's like this doesn't quite like doesn't quite feel right so i feel like even from early on you get that sense from cassian but dinner she's like from one extreme to the other without middle ground and without any outside indication other than change yeah (laughs) And I feel like even if she, when they did go and like, you know, lead the charge, she was doing it from like more of a selfish spot. It would have been more realistic without that middle bit. But it's very much like, it, it really feels like she's like, yeah, we're doing it for the cause. I feel like even if it took more, we're just like, I'm just doing this for my father. Like <laughs> it would have been way more believable. <laughs> right. I see it given what did make the final edit, if the, if they had just changed that, then it would have made that. More yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. Because, yeah, because you've literally just seen the message and her father died and then, yeah, it would uh, have made more sense. W- what did you think, Gary? Yeah, you, you two uh, hit the nail on the head because um, well, I, I don't have a, a huge problem with the character. I think, you know, it, it was a decent character, but um, a lot of the times it kind of just felt like um, she was there to just kind of drive the story forward and, like, there wasn't enough depth to to the character like she was outshined by other characters um and i feel like a lot of that probably could be due to the cuts and everything and the changes they had to make because they could have definitely expanded on you know her, how she felt after her, her dad died and everything like that but it was like after that point it's just like very much rushed into like the final act so so yeah i pretty much agree with what you guys were saying what did you think about the CGI characters? Because you had Princess Leia, obviously, sort of this takes place before New Hope uh, and, you know, time. So they had to digitally recreate a young Princess Leia. Uh, then you also had, uh, I think it's Governor, I think he's the title Governor Tarkin, uh, who takes over um, the Death Star. And the actor that plays him died in 1994. So they yeah took the decision to recreate him as he looked but did that work for you did it because it felt a bit uncanny valley for me and a bit distracting even though it is i mean it was impressive techno- technologically but i, I noticed it it's <laughs> one of those things where yeah, it's kind of you're looking at that and it sort of takes you out of it a bit yeah you know what I actually, um, like, when I went into it, I forgot that, um, I mean, I knew about Leia, but I forgot that um, Tarkin was CGI. So, like, I, I didn't, like, when I was watching it, I was so just immersed. 
that I didn't even notice. Like, because I, I guess I wasn't looking at it in that way. Like, I wasn't looking at it as a CGI character with that knowledge kind of thing. I was just, you know, following the story and what's happening. So I didn't really notice. Um, but I'm sure going back to it now, because I, I saw a lot of reviews after and I noticed people, um, you know, talking about certain elements of the CGI and stuff. So I'm sure, like, if I were to go back and watch it now, I would probably notice something. But um, I, while I was watching it, I was just, like, so into it that I just, I didn't even realize, to be honest. So I had zero idea. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> obviously, like, again, obviously, that one I got. Actually, to be fair, I thought it was just, like, a clip from the old movies. And, like, that's what I just assumed it was. Because it kind of had that, like, I don't know, they, it looked like... It had this like oldie effect on it. <laughs> it looked like different footage. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, it's they just that's in the I don't, I can't remember New Hope. That's just a New Hope. They just like added it in to tie it all, so you know." So yeah, yeah I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I had I had no idea about the other one, like zero. I wouldn't have. I'd, okay, yeah. oh, that's, I, I guess I that's good stuff. So I wasn't exactly like sitting there staring at the screen like for the whole film but i feel like i wouldn't have noticed regardless i could have been watching it on a cinema screen i wouldn't i probably wouldn't have noticed the difference i'm not the best judge <laughs> i'm very absorbed in in shows and stuff like you have to it has to be bad for me to notice because my imagination like will fill in the gaps and it wasn't say, bad uh, i will say with leia um i did i, I remember thinking she looked like very bright in it uh compared to like the rest of the scene kind of thing mm. I, I don't know if that was like the cgi or if that was just like an intended effect to kind of you know make her stand out more or something i think it helped because Tarkin scenes were quite dark on <laughs> on the uh empire side so um i think because i i think i sort of noticed it on the first watch uh, but i had the problem similar to Tazzy coming in with some Star Wars knowledge. I came in with the full knowledge that this was a CGI character. So, I, like every time he was on, I was looking, I was, I was like, looking. How does this work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, was, I thought it was good. It's it just yeah, it's that kind of uh, I know it's the uncanny valley. But uh, it's interesting to hear that. So neither of you uh, kind of had any like much knowledge of it, which is good. That's the I guess that's that's the point uh, of it. Um, so yeah, I want to talk a bit more about, uh, I guess like characters and characterization. And I feel like this has been a, a theme for the last couple of sort of story dives, but how well does the film handle sort of characterization versus we need to show you some set pieces and we need to get this plot, uh, moving forward. And I felt that this was a... I don't know there's always the oh yeah you could have gone deeper into the characters um I don't know if if the characters felt any kind of uh sort of shallow uh to either of you but I felt like they did enough in terms of characterization uh, given obviously we mentioned um Jin's <laughs> missing middle bit of her character arc and so I've I watched this and the last Star Wars film uh, I watched was Rise of Star Skywalker which left me really disappointed because um, I thought the characters were sh so shallow in that film. I, I felt like Rise of Skywalker was a, uh, a Star Wars film by numbers. Like all the pieces were there, all the, the box were ticked, but just just not much else. 
Um, so watching this, I was like, okay, there's there's some characterization, and I I kind of I'm I'm more in with these characters. Um, but yeah, how did you both feel uh, about like the, the the level of characterization, and and how do you balance that for you know with the the need to show like you know the next set piece in this film? Um, I feel like they were laid out quite well. I feel you know like not every character needs to be deep as long as the story is like there's some substance to something in in a film um and i feel like we got enough uh substance from the characters and then the film like the storyline and the plot itself had had quite a, a lot of substance in it anyway so i feel like it was just like nicely tied together i feel like i got enough of everyone at least their stories you know, like sort of built up and then not really <laughs> shown. But, yeah. <laughs> but we got, we still got a sense of character. We got a sense of who he was, why he was. Uh, and I feel like there wasn't a character at any point that I thought, why do you exist? Like, who, who are your, like, what are your goals in life? <laughs> you know, I felt like they all had some amb- ambition and there, there was a reason for them being there. And that made sense to the characters that had been built up already. Yeah, I I feel like you know they they did just enough, um, you know, with character characterization and everything. The thing is, like with this movie, it's like I feel like it's a movie where the where sort of the end goal of the movie is is matters more than uh like the individual characters kind of thing. Whereas like some stories or some movies are completely character driven. I feel like this is um you know it's more about the journey and the end end result of it you know with that being said i feel like the characters serve their purpose well in terms of you know bringing it all together i agree with that point yeah yeah and i feel because this is something that's been in my mind i think since uh we did the alita podcast and then uh so came back in ready player one so i just had it in mind and i feel uh it's a random sampling but of those three uh i feel i was i was more okay with with this one uh but with the caveat that they kind of obviously mentioned Jin, uh, but even there was there were some things they could have gone like deeper in. I think the one for me that stood out is um, uh, with Bodhi, the the pilot who defected, just because he so he was someone who defected from the Empire. That in itself is sort of an interesting thing. But he also worked with Jin's father, so there could have been more like between those two because. Yeah she you know she hadn't seen her father and then yeah there could have been more done and then same with like we talked about saw and how more could have been shown for him to match up to the the level of importance he seemed to be given as a character in the uh in the film but um yeah so i i think more so for Bodhi because after i think after he was captured by saw and he seemed to in a way just be along for the ride whereas i felt he was quite he had he had stuff to say. I felt. I, felt um... I feel like he's someone else that suffered from cuts because there's a when the um, you know you're gonna have to tell me the name of the city every time. All the, um, but when that got you know blown to smithereens, like did he have like a sister there or something? But oh. like there's a moment of sadness where you know like because he was from there gone. yeah and i feel like that was his backstory for defecting was must have been something to do with whoever he's got left there uh they make a point to say no everyone and then he's like sad for a second and i feel like 
there was some weight there. There was supposed to be some weight there, but they just, for whatever, like, wherever it got cut, like, they didn't have time for it or whatever the reason is that they got cut. And I get that. Like, I didn't feel hard done by by it, but definitely noticed that there was, that it was sort of, like, missing. But I feel like we got enough of a sense that he had defected for a reason that I was, like, I was satisfied enough. There's not much, like, this film without going into like a second film, like how far into these characters can you get? Especially with how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you wrap it up? How could you have this nicely packaged one film scenario if you went too deep into any of these characters? I think to Gary's point, the um, they did enough. Yeah. Which, yeah, is, is enough. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> by definition. Um, so we kind of, uh, we've kind of touched on the, on the themes like it's star wars so you know we're talking about war and the impact of war i did like the uh uh, names galen uh jin's father i did like that dynamic of uh someone who had been on the side of evil kind of sort of coming around and realizing what he's been done but then being forced to continue working on it and how that affects everyone around him um, mm-hmm. We mentioned hope already, uh, and that's yeah always a, a thing in in Star Wars where uh, I noticed that uh, even the the droid K two S O I noticed there's a there's a theme of him constantly giving low odds for things by just people continuing <laughs> <laughs> to do that. It's like done in a funny way. So when uh, I think Cassian gives uh, Jin uh, the gun, he's like, you know, the odds are of her shooting you with that gun. Um, but yeah, there were other moments as well where he's like giving low odds and just like, we're doing it anyway because, you know, we have hope. Uh, and in, that kind of tied into the the faith angle where uh, the names, Chirut, because he is... So he mentioned his faith. He was just like completely devoted to the force and believing the force would protect him. Uh, and it sort of came around to his sort of final moments of getting to that switch where he was just like, the force will protect me. And it was like a running theme for him, just having that faith to go forward and uh, and just like commit to things. And this is like just outside the context of Star Wars, but it, it's just a, a thing when you're convinced like the way, like I've been thinking about this in an entrepreneurial context, just about sort of this year and and sort of what I do. But when you're convinced about something, the way you move forward with it versus when you're unsure and you hesitate and things. And this guy had complete faith, and he just went forward and and did what he needed to do. So yeah, I appreciated it on that level as well. Faith in his friend as well. What what was his friend's name again? Because I think there's one point where he's like, I don't need luck, I've got you. And then he follows him. And I'm like, oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment as well. So the one thing I wanted to uh, kind of end on, uh, yeah, make sure I get to, is the fact that everyone dies. Um, so this is, a, this is a Disney film. Uh, it's a Disney film that came out, I think, around the holidays. So... Obviously, like the Christmas, um, uh, Christmas film goers, families, young children. Uh, I thought it was quite a. I've, and another thing I forgot that everyone dies. Like, it's quite a bold move to have everyone die. <laughs> like, how did you feel about that? It was kind of a dark ending. 
even halfway through this film, I was like, wow, loads of people die in this, like openly die, not like normal Disney die where it's like you don't really see them die, like they full on die. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got to the end and I was like, oh, literally everyone dies, like even down to the point where Darth Vader is walking through and like just killing all those troops. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, like this, this is Disney? (laughs) Disney if you can do this you can do a lot more things (laughs) yeah I actually uh, think it's a good thing um, mainly because it gives much more weight to the result like the end result like what they died for and how it has an impact later on so yeah I feel like it it was necessary and it it gives like the movie a, a finality to it Whereas, um, you know, if if they were to live, I feel like everybody would just be um, demanding like a, a sequel to this or something like that. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, yeah, so like I, I feel like it was necessary just just to let people know, like you know, they 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 were on this mission, and um, you know, they succeeded, and this was the end result, and uh, this leads directly into you know a new hope, what we saw in there. So. So I think I feel like it was, you know, appropriate, um, and and I, I kind of like that because, you know, it has a lot of um, consequence, and you know, it shows us that this is a, a really dangerous universe that that we're in. Uh, is is really threatening and stuff. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. It's kind of like you you can't have a sequel to this. It already exists. No, yeah. we're not following <laughs> these characters. <laughs> no, you can't have any more K two S O. I'm kind of salty about that, but fair. Um, <laughs> but it's like, no, like that is it. This is all you're getting of these characters. It's, yeah, that's it. We're done. We're done here. Moving on. We have so much Star Wars to give you. We do not need to stay here. <laughs> Don't worry. You've got the Mandalorian coming. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You can't have a sequel. We did it 40 years ago. So, <laughs> um, so I got one more question to ask, but I just want to. Uh, squeezing a, a point here and uh, again as I was like looking up things about this uh, just things around like symbolism in in film like in visual kind of film so it applies like to comics as well so I'm just like fascinated when I see it and it can be pointed out but uh, I didn't even notice this but the point where uh, Jin is brought to the council like the rebel council I think it's around the time she's pleading her case there's um, these screens behind them uh, where there's like different like maps or I'm not sure what they are, uh, but I'm going to put this link in the show notes because it's really interesting where the, like there's a theme of, uh, there's symbolism of circles in this uh, that was pointed out and that was cool, but it pointed, it this blog that I'm going to put in the show notes also pointed out that the moment where Jin, I think is pleading her case to the council and they have the sort of information screen behind them. Uh, for each character, so for Jin, for Cassian, uh, and for, I've forgotten the character's name, but the head of the council, uh, like the woman who ultimately says, no, we're not, uh, we're not chasing down these schematics, uh, is different for each of the characters, and it kind of represents the character's state. So for Jin, it's sort of like zigzag of lines, sort of, representing the disorder that she's at uh with cassian the uh the screens show like different circles so it's quite 
like orderly so because this is a guy at that stage he kind of knows what he needs to do like even though like as he mentioned he might have some you know misgivings deep down um and then for the head of the council uh she has like diagonal lines um in like again very orderly so because she's very in control of her emotions so that was something i didn't notice while i was watching but when it was picked up and when i saw it afterwards like oh wow it's like you've kind of thought of it at that level um so i was trying to think about how to include stuff like that in our comics that sort of represent character states or wider themes of the story so uh, i'll put that link in the show notes for anyone who's interested on that level uh, and the question I was going to get to is how do you both feel about uh, Disney essentially mining the Star Wars universe for more stories? Like, are there any more stories that you want to see? Um, yeah, are you happy with this um, looking away from like the main trilogy into other stories in the Star Wars universe? Uh, Gary, what do you feel about that? Yeah, like I, I think this is a, the beauty of a universe and like, as a writer, that's something I'm kind of aiming for where I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to write like trilogies and, and series and things like that. But I also want to build a, a bigger universe where, you know, I can tell many different stories within that, you know, for, for years to come kind of thing. And that's the beauty of Star Wars. Um, it's so big and it's, it has all this different lore, all this different history and, all these different characters that they could tell so many different stories. And I'm quite interested in just seeing like more of the, the lower end stories of, um, cause like, you know, we see, we see like, uh, the Skywalkers and the people who are force sensitive and using lightsabers, like that's like the big grand epic story. But I want to see like some of the, the smaller stories of, of just normal people kind of thing. Um, and that's what's good, I guess, about them making the TV show and everything. I haven't actually seen The Mandalorian yet, but um, good. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely need to see it at some point. But um, but that's that's I think that's the beauty of Star Wars because there's so many different stories that they can tell away from like the Skywalker and Darth Vader stuff. Um, and I, I definitely want to see more of that. Um, and I would like to see, you know, f- for example, just a story about like a bounty hunter or something that just travels, you know, looking for people and, and, and things like that. Because um, there was actually going to be a game like that, a Star Wars game uh, that got cancelled. So I would actually like to see that come to fruition where it's just, you know, a bounty hunter. I'm sort of like um, Cowboy Bebop sort of thing. Like she definitely the Mandalorian then. <laughs> yeah, I feel that isn't that that story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I definitely I need to watch it then. I need to get Disney Disney Plus. But no, yeah, I'm the same. Like I love I love seeing more stories and um especially because there's so many different like um like races and and planets and the possibilities are literally endless. <laughs> um and I'd like to see some like I'd love to see just like some really everyday stories, like just like a family that lives in one of like lives on one of the planets that are frequently visited across all the different and like their everyday things like, oh, no, like again, like a whole street or whatever has been blown up. <laughs> like, oh, these goddamn stormtroopers, like, and, like, 
and like I don't know I just imagine like this the these characters um like even in the Mandalorian there's one one character that's kind of like retired used used to like was under imperial indenturement basically and just trying to retire you know and I loved that and just like these stories of people and I feel like there's so many places we can go and explore and and you know and it's great like just endless endless stuff um yeah yeah definitely that's fine I agree I feel like more like film wise I feel kind of drained I don't know like they're great but I, I think series like I'm very give me more series interesting i mean i'm I'm guessing you'll get your wish because it's disney and uh i i feel I've, I've mentioned many times on this show just the idea of like uh disney's sort of being the corporate giant that wants you know more so i don't know how much this made at box office but more box office hits having said that yeah the state of the world now is sort of puts that in a different um position but um so obviously we're going to see more star wars but i think for me watching this again and just just remembering that I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, and I liked the idea of telling these um these side stories, uh, I guess is 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 good if it's done in the right way. So if you can yeah, just make original stories with interesting characters and relationships and uh, and and arcs, then yeah, it's a it's a cool universe that I'd want to see more from. What I don't want to see is is Rise of Skywalker and just like taking the boxes of what should be in a Star Wars film uh, and nothing below the surface, for me at least. Uh, I don't want to see more of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like make interesting stories that... Uh, and it's I think I, I mentioned earlier about sort of, I guess, what should be in a Star Wars uh, film and, and that baggage. Maybe if you like, just maybe drop some of that baggage off and just just take risks um, as, uh, as a bit of theme for today. So... But don't get rid of the droids. Always leave the droids. Oh, no, in. keep the droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, one checklist that we can have. Droids. That's been solid throughout. <laughs> yeah, definitely with you on that. Uh, so yeah, let us know uh, what you think about uh, this story, and uh, yeah, just the the prospect of more Star Wars uh, stories, whether on the big screen or probably more likely uh, post pandemic on the smaller screen. I don't know how kind of things work, but. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, give us your feedback or questions, uh, and we will shout them out on a future episode. Uh, so we're now going to get into our storytelling tip for this episode. The The tip is about killing your main characters, because this is something that Rogue One does to great effect, <laughs> where all the main characters uh, die. But I wanted to talk about it in a different, a slightly different light. Just first of all, as we spoke about this being a blockbuster holiday release aimed at families, having all the characters die is quite a sort of dark, unexpected turn. Um, but if I was being like super hypercritical, uh, not that I had a problem with how it was done, I think it was done fine and it, and it fit the story. But I guess I could say that it's still relatively safe just because most of the deaths came at the end after the mission had been accomplished. So uh, with this, again, with this being a a sort of prequel to um, A New Hope, obviously there's no expectation of necessarily having to see these characters anyway. So 
yeah, I guess it, there's that. So if you wanted to be hypercritical, um, but I just wanted to use that as a point to, yeah, just to discuss the wider aspect of killing your characters and why you might want to sort of consider it in your story. So for uh, point number one, uh, Gary mentioned earlier that killing the characters sort of heightens the stakes in the film. Uh, in this case, we kind of, we see it as a way to show the importance of what these characters are trying to do. Uh, and what it costs for them to do it uh, but just in general like if your main character or a major character is killed in pursuit of the goal you as the reader or the watcher you kind of then know what the consequences of failure are and it raises the stakes for the remaining characters in your film so for example in game of thrones season one when we saw ned stark uh be killed at the end of that it kind of it set the tone it said okay this is the consequences for uh making a misstep in this world and in this this political game that is being played so we know the stakes uh in this world so that's a good uh, aspect to that uh number two uh killing your main characters uh, allows you to increase the empathy that is felt for the surviving characters uh, so when we saw the the main um characters die in rogue one one of the things that was lost i guess with it being uh with a lot of the deaths coming at the end of the film is you didn't get to sit with that uh, and the impact of that uh with the characters that did survive no one survived in this film but <laughs> uh in, in general so um when i was thinking about that a couple of things that came to mind is uh guren lagan um, which is a great example of death being used to increase the empathy empathy of the surviving characters uh, and also impact the narrative going forward. So um, I won't spoil that, but it's just a good example of that. Uh, number three, it uh, keeps you as the as a writer, as a creator, from treating your characters too nicely, which is an easy trap to fall into, where you protect your characters and keep them safe throughout the story. So it shouldn't just be used for that reason. It should obviously serve uh, the plot, but you as a creator knowing your major characters uh can die just reminds you not to be too complacent uh, and assume everyone will make it out of your story in one piece because that then can become an uninteresting story uh, in itself four is to offer the audience uh, or the reader a release or catharsis or a sense of justice being done so with the justice part in particular uh, is can typically be used like in this in the case of a villain where not just a villain but in the case of a villain where you know a character has done so much wrong that the audience will want to see them brought to justice uh, and the delay of this can be used like to drive up the tension until the character eventually falls and then that tension is released and we're all kind of like everyone can breathe so that's another use of it uh, and fifth and final point is to impact the arc of a deceased character or just another um uh, character a main character in your story so in the case of rogue one when Jin loses her father uh after learning the truth of his plans it kind of moves her from uh non-committal to rebel leader uh, and there were sort of other issues with the speed of that transition but the transition itself kind of uh was fueled by in part by the death of her father so we see this in like mental characters uh speaking of uh star wars has been used in star wars as well when mental character dies and it serves as an impetus a final push to commit the hero to their journey or their calling uh, so yeah those are a few ways to make use of 
killing your main characters or things to consider, uh, let us know how you've done it in your stories. Uh, we would love to hear them. So Tazzy, let's find out what our guest has been up to. If you are a regular listener, you know that this is the section where we find out what our guest has been up to, what their latest products are, or any interesting news that they have at the moment, and where you can find them. Um, so, Gary, uh, what have you got at the moment going on? Is there anything, uh, any projects in particular, and where can everyone find you? Uh, yeah, so at the moment, uh, I'm working on quite a few big projects, actually. Um so I'm, I'm in the process of actually writing two books. Um, one of them is my own project, uh, which is a standalone book that I'm writing. It's going to be an urban fantasy. And after that, I plan to continue with my Realm Blender series. Um, and I'm also ghostwriting a book, actually, for, uh, for, for someone uh, which I can't talk a whole lot about, but... Um, the ghostwriting experience is interesting, actually, because it, it gives me a chance to learn more and improve my writing and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I quite enjoy doing it. And I'm also working on a video game audio documentary series, which is about the life of Jerry Lawson, which is uh, he, he was um, a video game engineer, like the first black video game uh, engineer back in the 1970s yeah i just saw that on um the netflix documentary netflix yeah um so so that that's quite interesting because we actually started working on this uh before that um and then that that uh netflix series came out and um that kind of sparked a lot of interest uh, about what we're doing um so because we we've actually interviewed quite a lot of people um, who knew Jerry Lawson and stuff. So, um, and we, we've even interviewed Al Alcorn, who was the creator of Pong. Um, and he was like very good friends with Jerry and stuff. So, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've pretty much got like his whole story kind of, um, down packed. So, um, I can't wait to kind of finally get the project out. It, it might be a while still, cause we have to like go through editing and all that stuff, but but um, but yeah, it's a very exciting project to be be involved with. So I'm quite appreciative of being a part of it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to to um, getting a hold of that. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm really into like video game history at the moment. I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning things. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend uh, some of Gary's writings. Very good. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we're going to go into some of our feedback and questions. So we have a, I'm not sure if this is a question or a statement, but <laughs> we'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> um, and it's from uh, Kota Kitty on Instagram. Uh, it's, what are your thoughts on the scene where we get a new insight to what was happening just before A New Hope begins and how cool did Darth Vader look? He looks so cool, right? Heart eyes. <laughs> Can I just say, like, I I totally agree with those heart eyes. Um, I don't know what this says about me and, and maybe Kota Kitty, but I, I love that scene with Darth Vader where he just, like, tears everyone up. Uh, I don't know why. Um, it's just really cool. It was like... As I was watching it, because it, it it comes as the moment where uh, they've 
the rebels have got the schematics they need and i guess that's the moment where in terms of like the the two films one ties into the other so that's like the 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 key moment of the bridge between the two films so uh it was good from that perspective but just like darth vader who'd been hinted at like throughout the film you just see him being like his dreadful self uh, and the power that he has he just comes in he's like you know what you guys aren't doing this properly i just need to come in uh, and do it myself if you want something done right do it yourself he doesn't do it but he looks cool while he's trying and he just has his lightsaber just tearing people to pieces uh using force powers don't know why that's just a really satisfying scene for me um yeah i don't know what what that says about me but i loved it no yeah i'm pretty much along the same lines it was very <laughs> like darth vader <laughs> it's like oh and here is darth vader and this is doing a very darth vader thing and uh that's that's what that scene is um and just like the idea of them, them like trying to pass on the schematics, it's like I, I'm, I, I was sitting there like they're not going to make it. <laughs> it's Darth yeah, Vader. Exactly. How are you going to escape? <laughs> and then they do, and they're like, oh, yeah, I kind of already knew that, but <laughs> still got that sense. Like, very good scene. Yeah, it's very Darth Vader. Yeah, that scene like it really validated the character and like reminded us why he's so menacing. Mm. Um, so it was very much needed in this film, I think. Yeah. I, can I also shout out the the other Darth Vader moment that I liked where earlier when... Um, uh, oh, for, uh, names. We're just terrible with names today, but mm. Krennic. Yeah. Because uh, he, you know, he, he, he wants more power, basically. So he goes to Darth Vader and wants like an audience um, with... Uh, okay, basically, that like, he just wants more power. And then yeah. Darth Vader like force chokes him, uh, and he says like, "Be careful not to choke on your aspirations." That's a terrible <laughs> joke, but uh, I still just love that moment. It's just like you know, just remember your place. Like you don't don't come to me with requests. You just do what I tell you, um, and yeah. you're, you're kind of stepping out of line. Just again, Darth Vader just reminding like, who's the boss? That that fit bit for me, and I feel like um, it, that was why the ending scene was so important that he was like ripping and tearing through people's because i was just like no no he would have just force choked him to death he never leaves anyone <laughs> if he's gonna yeah, force choke true. someone yeah. they're gone <laughs> like i was like has he ever done that before <laughs> just let someone live like that normally it's like someone's like talking back at me you're dead <laughs> yeah and, and just a quick point about the joke as well um like like you said that was a bad joke but to me in my mind it's like I think Darth Vader is such like a scary person that he wouldn't even tell good jokes anyway. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it serves the character well. Yeah, right? yeah, it's true. You need to be a certain type of person to tell good jokes. He's not that person. <laughs> yeah, so that are, that are, they are all the questions that we have for today. Um, but if you would like to send us your feedback on this episode or any of our Story X Story episodes you can do so at feedback at myamada.com or on our social media at myamada on twitter at myamadatees on instagram or at tazzy on both and that brings us to the end of this episode so thank you gary for joining us in our talk about star wars universe uh, and i hope that we have collectively not offended uh, any quote-unquote hardcore fans uh, out there uh, yeah my pleasure um, anytime you want me i'm here 
Cool. And yeah, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Story X Story 2. Uh, if you did, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And you can also go back in the archives uh, and listen to the previous episodes. Uh, also, you can give us a quick rating and review, uh, which just helps us reach more listeners and fans of story discussions. Uh, don't forget to check out our stories on our website. We've got a new manga coming, Serious Through the Fog which will be out once I write and we do the artwork for. Um, hopefully that'll be uh, end of this year. But you can check out our existing stories at myameta.com forward slash manga. And join our Gamepad Discord community. If you are a gamer or any have any kind of curiosity around video games, we are bringing out more activities and interviews and panel discussions just to, I guess, kind of, yeah, just demystify parts of gaming, and generally promote inclusion and diversity in the industry so yeah you can check that out and then we've got other streams uh coming up so yeah if you just follow us online you'll be aware of those uh, other than that stay tuned for podcast episodes including creator interviews video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture like we just did now you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at mymatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mymatter.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned stay safe and may the force be with you that was really cheesy but i feel like i had to do that take care everyone <laughs>